The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Let's talk about the CFO, the Chief Financial Officer. There are two kinds of CFOs. One who's struggling to keep up, spreadsheets everywhere, manual processes. It takes weeks to close the books. The other kind is on top of their game. Automated reports, inventory, commerce, and HR flow into the financial model seamlessly. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. That's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system used by over 28,000 growing businesses. 93% of businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com slash c-suite for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. That's netsuite.com slash c-suite. netsuite.com slash c-suite. This is Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. Insights to give your business the inside track. And now, here's your host, Joel Block. How often do you wake up and you wonder, why are the ads that we're placing in magazines, newspapers, internet sites, and different places, why are they not pulling the kinds of uh, leads and conversion stats that uh, everybody tells me me that we should be getting? Why is it that we just aren't uh, seeing what we expect? What's wrong and what can we do? To answer that question, Michael Giannoulis. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, so, so glad to be here. Yeah, it was kind of a mouthful. I'm sorry. It's kind of like, you know, all that stuff there. But uh, I like this, uh, this is a really big problem. You know, is it, you know, we have, we live in a world where everybody's saying, oh, yeah, I'm converting 10%. I got this number, that number. And, and then you go try and it doesn't happen that way. Uh, and it can be many, many things. I, I get that. But, uh, you know, what do you notice is the big problem about why companies aren't getting the return on the investment uh, that they think they ought to be getting? in their, in their promotional materials or otherwise. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of different issues, but some of the big ones that I see again and again, the first one is basically the most common sense one. And that is just the offer. Are you offering what people actually want? And the big key there is not what they need, but what they want. You know, we can all sit and talk about it. And that's the, probably the biggest thing I hear a lot is I have the best product. I have the best service. My competitor sucks. They, they're terrible, right? Well, it's because they're probably saying the right things, which is what people want. So you have to look at your offer and you have to get, it's, it, it's, it's hard, but you have to get very, very strict on, is this something that people actually want? Because one of the things you cannot do is you cannot create desire, you can amplify it if it's there, but you can't create it from scratch. It's very, very hard. So you've got to make sure that, that, that your offer is on point with what the audience you're going after wants. Secondly, if you're talking about ads, that's the other big piece is are you speaking to the right people, right? You're never going to sell the juiciest steak to a vegan, right? I know that's very common sense, but are we applying, we have to apply that to the, to where we buy our ads, where we place those ads, how we, how we speak to the people that we're trying to get to read those ads. There's so many problems that occur just because of big things like that, that can be easily fixed, which is good. When it comes to the more extreme stuff, the more like kind of, uh, 
things that oh, are like, before we go yeah. on to that next chart, sure. let's, yeah. let's talk about the first phase because yeah uh, you know common sense isn't common practice as you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and this may may seem very simple to you uh but you know companies are are probably not making offers uh that are easy for people to say yes to or to understand for, for to many understand. reasons maybe they don't understand yeah. it Maybe, maybe it just is out of sync. It's not exactly telling them the story the way that they want to hear it. Uh, maybe it's not, uh, you know, culturally sensitive. Maybe it's being told in a funny way. I mean, there could be so many different things. The, the real question is not how do you fix it, but how do you notice it? Because, the, you know, it, it's, it's like, uh, you know, if you're used to seeing something a certain way, you may not notice the problem. Yeah, and I even deal with that in my in my in one of my own companies where I actually bring in outside help to make sure that I'm not doing the same thing because I'm aware of it. But still, if you're in it, especially, it, it is hard. It's the whole thing about fish, right? You know, you, you say a fish, you know, um, what's it like being surrounded in uh, water? And the fish says, "What's that?" Right? They don't even know because they're so they're so in it. Um, yeah, so I think one of the big things, obviously, is your the great thing about ads, especially if you're paying for those ads, is that you get a you get a, a response, you get a result, and that result is a signal, it's feedback that you can then take from. So that's one of the great things. You know, good or bad, you're going to know if that thing if that thing did resonate or not with the audience. So that's kind of part one. If it doesn't, and then if you get that response and you're like, Hey, it, it, it didn't work. What I like to do is to look at it and just get a third party, get someone that, you know, that's kind of in the field, but not in it. Like you are, have them read the ad. Does it make sense to them? Do they understand it? One of the other big, big things is what's the benefit for the person to take action and not just to take action, but to take action now. That's the real challenge. And what, what you'll find often, especially bigger companies, they're, they'll tend to be more me-focused. So their focus will be, we've been in business since 1967. You can trust, you know, trust and loyalty and the American way, right? Whatever. And, 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 and those are great things and they're good. They, they, they make the company feel, feel good. But at the end of the day, it's not the, you know, your audience, they, they don't care. Maybe they care that they can trust you, but they don't really care about you. They care about what's in it for them. I have a saying, life's favorite radio station is WIIFM. What's in it for me, right? And that's what people want. They want to know what's in it for, for them. So you, you want to reframe as much as you can the benefit. So if you come up, if, if someone says something to me like, well, I'm in financial services and I help people, uh, retire faster. Okay, cool, good benefit. But what does that mean? So then you could say retire faster so you can. So I would say add the word so so you can and fill that sentence out. So so you can rest at ease and know that you're not going to be broke when you're when you're old. So you can and come up with these things because that so, that so you can statement takes you to that next step. So you so you don't just say and, and even to say retire faster is actually better than I hear. You know, I'll hear things like "so I can read, so you can retire." Okay, well, you know, so so that question, so you can, so you you want to look at your copy and your offer especially, and make sure, as, as as we first said, does it resonate? The other piece to this, kind of the flip side of the offer, 
is the headline or that first thing that they read on the ad. That has one job, one single solitary job, and that is to get attention and get them to read the next sentence. That's it. Let me let me let me ask about that because I know that there are these um, internet tools that uh, will build headlines for you, or they'll analyze the headline and tell you how good of a headline it is. So let's say you put in your headline, and it gives you a score. Um, that score is kind of like the Google related score. Like Google likes it because it has certain keywords. But does that necessarily mean that it's good for people? Is what's yeah. good for Google good for people? Is there is that correlated? It, it, it can be, but it depends on the goal of those words, right? So if the goal is for SEO and you want to rank it, then yeah, you probably should do some keyword research, do those kind of things. But if your goal is you want to make a sale or you want to generate a call or an opt-in or something like, like that, then you've got to rethink all of that. So I'll give you an example. Headlines are, are always about benefits, right? It's always like benefit, 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 what's in it for them. But at the end of the day, some of the, if, if you go back and you study in the direct response industry, some of the greatest headlines of all time have nothing to do with benefits or anything. Like one of the most best ones ever was first from a magazine, like a, they call them magalogs, where they would mail out like this whole magazine, like 90 pages. It was, it was like a 90 page sales page, you know, like, you know, but then in the headline was lies, lies, lies. So you go plug that into that thing, you'll probably get a 2%, right? But that resonated with the audience and, and it went into this whole kind of contrarian investor angle. You know, the politicians are telling lies and Wall Street's telling lies and, you know, it's all this. And if you're targeting that right audience, which back then was, was like, a you know, a more conservative, older audience who doesn't trust anyone. And that headline was perfect because that was there's this thing that you want to do, which is join the conversation that's already going on in the mind of your prospect. If you do that, they'll they'll relate to, to you and they'll be more apt to understand it and want to join in. So, and again, this is some advanced stuff. I'm not saying this is easy. Obviously, you, you've got to know your audience and you have to know where, where they're at. But yeah, some of the, but if you don't want to have to work that hard, then you, can, you can't go wrong by doing either a benefit or a fear. You know, how to get this or how to avoid that. You know, that's those are the two, you know, kind of most common things. So if you could just come up with here's how to get this great thing or here's how to avoid this terrible, awful thing. And if you're really fancy, put them in one. Here's how to get this without that. And then, you know, then you're then you're a genius. That, that, that seems like an advanced maneuver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's part part two. That's the upsell. There, there you go. Um, so what, uh, you know, when you look at, you know, the material produced by uh, companies um, and, and hopefully a lot of companies are using agencies or they, you know, they have, you know, highly trained people on the inside, but uh, maybe they don't. Um, how does, how does an executive know that they're producing, uh, you know, high quality, you know, professional material, if they're not trained in this sort of thing, uh, you know, what should they be looking for? Yeah. So I think that one of the, Things I've seen, and this is going to sound terrible. I don't even want to say it, but but usually if you don't like what you read at first, 
and it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable, it's probably good uh, because it's going against sort of that traditional everyday kind of thing. I remember when I, when I first got my start writing ads, this is back in 2008. I used to joke that was a long time ago in like internet age. Now I'm like, that's just a long time ago. You know, actually it was, two, it was 2006. So, you know, 15 years now. But what I, what I found is when I would take my copy to the boss and she would be like, she would read everything and see the price point. And she would be like, we can't possibly sell it for that cheap. That's way too cheap for all that they would, you know, but that was only because I worked extra hard to add the value. I broke down everything that they had. And so the more she was upset at what I wrote, the better it tended to do. And so I'm not saying that's always true, but, it, but in general, if there's not some pushback, some kind of internal, you know, ooh, because good copy is uncomfortable in the sense that it's speaking directly to the, to the prospect without that veneer of professionalism, you know? Um, so one of the big things I would say too, is, is really when you, from a, from a copy standpoint, like from what the ad actually says. Don't be afraid if it sounds like the way people talk. Many times, especially super corporate they will come with this kind of like stodgy, you know, introducing the for the first time ever, you know, blah, blah, blah gold bars, or, you know, whatever. And just kind of has this very stodgy feel. It's, it's okay to talk like people talk, especially now that we're in more and more and more of a social media age. Like go look at some of your favorite brands. They're all on Twitter, throwing out insults, doing all, doing all sorts of stuff, right? Because people relate to people. So the more you sound like a person instead of a company, the better off you'll be. Now I get it if you're in like banking, some certain things you have to be a lot more careful, but, but you can still have something that comes from the president and, and let their personality show. So, you know, I, I don't know what the process is that some of these large companies go through when they're exam, you know, reviewing the, the advertisements or commercials that these uh, agencies or whoever produces them. Some, some of them are brilliant. They're, they're fantastic. And maybe it's just my sensibility about this sort of thing, but some commercials are so ridiculous. They're so stupid. They're so bad and, and I just can't believe the companies put them on the air and they pay money for them. I just can't believe it. I mean, so what, what happens behind the scenes inside companies? What, what's the process that people look at? When, when should a company reject uh, an ad? And when, when should a company say, you know what, this, this is working for us. I, I like it. It's edgy. It's, it's whatever. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I will say that my bias is more towards direct response advertising. So there's really two, two schools. There's direct response, which, which just means when you run the ad, it should have a measurable result that gives you the feedback to know, do I continue that ad or do I, do I stop it? Then there's the brand side. And you're probably speaking more to the branding side. Brand ads are all about, and you need a really big budget to properly do that. Um, brand ads are about creating a feeling and an emotion and they don't really give you a direct call to action. They don't say, go do this thing. Like, you know, you may watch an ad during Christmas time from Coca-Cola 
and you see Santa Claus and you see those, those polar bears and they're all drinking Cokes and they're popping the things and the fizz is going off. It doesn't end by saying, go now to Coca-Cola.com and buy Coca-Cola.com. Buy one, get one free. Go, 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 go. Right. It just ends with like Coca-Cola because their, their whole, their whole angle is you're going to, they've now created this very positive feeling in you. And the next time you're out there, you're thinking about, you want to drink something, you might just think, oh, you won't let me grab a Coke. And so that, that's one type of, of ad. And if you're a bigger company and you can afford it, obviously that works, right? But you need a huge amount of income to, to do that. I mean, think about like, people brag a lot about, say, the example like the Nike swoosh, you know, and how that's like, the, you know, just incredible and all this stuff. But you know how much they had to spend to get that out there? You know, billions, so yeah. you could almost take a logo of like a pencil. If you put billions on it, you get you you'd have a quite a good share of people. Um, not to take away from it. So yeah, one of the things that I always look for in the in in the ads that I'm involved with or that I that I re- review is is there is there a way to get attention to your target audience? Are you offering them benefits? or how to avoid pain points that they actually care about? And then do you have a clear offer that they can understand? And then finally, are you telling them exactly what to do next? If you just did those things and you made sure that your ads had those things, not saying you have the best ads ever, but your ad would, would definitely go up. You would, you would so have let, let's go through. So there's four things. Let's go through what those are again. What's the first one? Okay. And now I gotta make sure I I say them again the right way. So are you, I think it was like, are you getting the uh, attention, right? Are you pulling to grab their attention? That's the headline, yeah. right? Yeah. You got to get their, yeah. get their attention. Yeah. And then are, are you giving them, are you giving them and the attention of the right people? Because yeah. we could all, because we could always say, you know, uh, sex, you know, and then everyone's like, Hey, what's this? But if you're selling like a financial product and who cares, you know, it's like, it's not the right audience. Um, so then you want to make sure that you're, that you, that you go over how the, that you, you're going over benefits of what you can get or how to avoid pain, right? So the good or the bad side, how do you get this result? And then, and then is the offer something that, that, that audience that you attracted, is that something that they actually want, right? Is this what they want? So do they want a free consult or do they want a report? Or do they want a video? And what should that topic be on? Or you know, do they want your product? And then finally, do you have a clear direction on what the next step is to move further in your sales process? A lot of people miss that because they kind of just assume people will do the right thing or they'll know. But in reality, people don't. And when I was young, I used to be like, oh, people are so stupid. Why don't they just do it? But I, it's, it's not that. People are busy. So no one reads your ad like you read your ad. You know, they're not going through every line, every word. They're just kind of skimming it. And if you don't clearly say, hey, for the next thing, type your email in this box and click the big orange button. You know, it sounds <laughs> dumb to us, but they're like, hey, I, I, I will. And just to give you a quick uh, example, I was doing a one of my companies is a supplement company. And we're doing a, like a like a weight loss challenge. And one of the things I did, and this goes back to the headline thing. I had a 
headline on the sales page. So they opted in for like the free, the free part of it. And then there was, Hey, do you want to add video training to get, you know, that for like an, an order bump? And the headline was like, here's how to get way more results, you know, blah, blah. blah. And it was converting about 3%. So about three out of every uh, 100 people would, would add that on. Not, not bad. I changed it. And I just said, important, read this sale, uh, read this page. You know, that, that was pretty much it. And by doing that, conversions went to over 10%. Really? Yeah. So because what I found was people were like, oh, I already got the free thing. So let me just go click out of it. Right. But by giving them that instruction, I was telling them what to go do. And they're like, hey, I, I bet he said, read it. I better read it. And as they read it, the copy sold them on adding the upgrade. And you know, so I'll, I'll tell you, I, I think that um, people are very concerned with being nice and friendly and happy and not hurt other people's feelings. And and I think that sometimes they're, they get afraid to kind of tell people what to do because they think that it's not nice. But we live in a world that's so busy, like you just pointed out. Yeah. That, you know, people are like dying for you to tell them what to do. You know, like, just, just tell me what the steps are so I could do them. You know, yeah. Well, have you ever, how many times they, they want to be told when you, when, when you, no matter yeah. what you're doing, they're like, just tell me what to do because I don't have a lot of bandwidth for any more thinking. Just, you know, and, and they need help. Well, yeah. Uh, this is something that, um, this is true for me. I don't, I'm not sure if this is true for you, but so many times, I've been sent to go buy something from a store, some new contraption, right? What do you want to do? Get someone that has a job at the store and just say, should I buy this one or should I buy that one? You know, and you want them just to tell you, you don't want to learn about every single thing. You know, this is <laughs> like, no, just tell me what's the one. What's, you know, we, so we don't want to, we don't want to expand a lot of energy towards making choices. Right. There's even they've, they've even done a lot of studies where there was a big time study done where they had this ad that ran and they sold three watches. You can choose like black, red, blue. And the guy said, run it again, but only sell black. And they're like, that's so dumb. There's no, it's going to be awful. Well, lo and behold, it was like triple the sales of the one watch because people didn't have to choose. When you get people a choice, they make a choice of no. Of no. <laughs> when you don't give them a choice, it's just, I, I think that. Less. You know, I, I think the audience uh, needs to understand this with, with, with great specificity that uh, a confused mind always says no. You know, that's that's a well-known uh, concept. And yeah. if you get people that you want, you want A, B or C, they're, they're going to be standing there frozen. And, and that makes sense why only like like one one color or one model uh, is really kind of not a bad idea. You know, and the truth is one size uh, may not fit everybody, but it's going to fit a lot of people. And that's yeah. maybe sometimes that's the good way to go. Yeah. You start with that sort of 80, 20, right. You just kind of go for that bulk of people that you, that you can help. I mean, it, 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 it is weird and it is almost counterintuitive, but it's not when you think about the idea that you're having to overcome people having to make choices, you know, we don't well, want to make choices. That I, one of the things that I've noticed is that as our world becomes increasingly complex, that the trend is moving towards simplification. We have to simplify things because people are overwhelmed. They cannot tolerate any more stuff. The computers, uh, you know, in the old days, uh, when, when, when I was young, 
there was like two ways you'd connect with somebody. You get a phone call or you get a letter. And, and that was it. And now there's like a yeah. hundred ways. And you got to ask people, how do you like communicating? Well, send me a tweet, send me a text, yeah. call me, leave a voicemail. Don't leave a voicemail. Make sure send me an Instagram, do a WhatsApp, do it. I mean, there, yeah. there's so many ways you have to actually ask people how they want to do it. You know what they want to, you know, and, and people are just, there's like a situation of overwhelm. And, and I think the way you're saying is that, uh, you know, promoters, marketers, advertisers, need to uh, you know be really sensitive to this overwhelm that we're feeling and and maybe of, of everything that you know we're talking about that might be the most important thing yeah it's true and i've never really you know said it like that but i think with the way you're saying it's quite true the we we have to simplify our ads our processes this is even our words many times we think that we have to sound smart or say all these things, but they've done so many studies now and so many tests and people on the average read and comprehend at about a fifth grade to maybe eighth grade reading level as a whole. And even the people that are CEOs and doctors and attorneys and, and all that stuff, do you think when they read an ad, they want to have to struggle to make sense of it? No, you know, they could, but if you can make it easier then they'll read more of it. So one of the things that, that I'll do quite often is just read an ad out loud. And wherever I struggle or don't understand it, I can I'll go, hey, I need, to, I need to change that. One of the things that you can also do, a quick little kind of hack, and I picked this up in a book I read called Copy Logic, and it's been a great thing. It's called the Cub Method. And that is when you're, so you had asked before about what should you do to kind of review, to make sure you've got good copy. Um, if you follow Cub, which you just cut these things out or tweak them. If it's confusing, that, that's the C. Anytime you're confused, just you know, cut it out or restructure it. The, the U is um, unbelievable. If you say something that doesn't seem true or is a claim that sounds big, then either cut it or prove it right away. Because we, you know, like going about how people want things to be simple, people are also at an all-time high for being skeptical. <laughs> you know, it's, there's so many people, especially online, will just say anything. So you want to just prove it or cut it. And then that B is boring. Anything where you drag and you go, oh, this is kind of blah, just cut it. You don't need it. There's a famous author, I can't remember who, but they asked him, how does he write such exciting books? And he said, it's easy. I read through it and cut out all the boring parts. <laughs> that was kind of his <laughs> answer. Um, but, you know, so that's what we, but you should take that approach. So that's a fun way to kind of do it. And what, what we've seen it uh, do is if you have a small team, have everyone read the ad with those, with those three things and kind of circle those. And then you can go back to your copy guy or, or gal and say, hey, fix this part or change this part. I didn't or this part. I didn't get it. Um, and, and that will drastically improve it and with, that, with very minimal effort. So, so what we're seeing here is that uh, if, if it's more inviting, if it's more readable, if it's more simple, it's more sensible, uh, more people are going to read it, digest it, enjoy it, and, and probably take action on it. And that answers the question at the beginning, which is, how do we get more conversion? How do we get more step up? And why aren't we doing as well as other people? Uh, you know, and, and the only thing I could say to the other people part is uh, I believe only uh, half of what I see and none of what I hear because people always yeah. puff and uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, they do what they do, but um, you know, all, all these things make a, a lot of sense. I mean, they make a great amount of sense. Yeah. It's just um, human nature is kind of all that it ever comes down to. Like I, I'll sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll get mad and, and I'll wish that people weren't the way they were. I, you know, I would, you know, but it's just the way, it's just the way things are. So you've well, got you know, I, I, I guarantee, you know, you, you can say, I wish people were different, but I guarantee when you're reading material that isn't yours, you're probably exactly I'm the probably same. Exactly the same way. Yeah. I'm sure I am. I mean, we're, exactly. we're, you know, I, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, God, I wish people were different, but I'm the same as everybody else in, in something that's not my pet project. Yes. And, exactly. and so I, when I think a CEO or a, a, a C-suite executive needs to remember is that, you know, divorce yourself from, from how much you love whatever you're doing and think about being an outside person, a customer of your company, and look at it from their perspective. You know, how much do they care? You know, how, you know, how much desire do you have to create in order to get them to move forward? And is it easy? Is it straightforward? Is the choice clear? Is the choice complicated? I, I mean, I think you've brought up a lot of great points. Yeah. And the more complex the product, the more likelihood you need a phone call, you know, and that's fine. That's, that's, so, that's a good, that's a good place to go with this discussion. Um, at what point do you need to, uh, you know, at, at what point can the computer sell it? And at what point does it need to be passed on to a person? And, and what are, what are some of the ways companies who use direct marketing doing that to pass things on to a person? Yeah, so there's a few different things. And it, again, it depends. Are you B2B? Are you B2C? Um, if you're B2B, you know, business to business, you're a lot more apt to do phone calls and things like that. But for when it comes to just generally speaking, um, two of the big areas that kind of help you to understand um, the phone call or, you know, or, or straight sale is price point and complexity, like, like we said. So if it's pretty much, and it depends, right? There's multiple ways. So if you wanted to do, um, if you're if you're selling something probably under one thousand, you can probably do a straight sale. Um, if it gets to be in that one thousand to five thousand range, you you're probably going to move to either a phone call. Sometimes you can get away with a sort of like webinar or longer form presentation especially if you do it live and you have Q and a um, anything above that. If you're, if you say, if you're starting to sell five, 10, 20, 30 K and you're setting up, um, you know, detailed things, or you're going to build out a system for a company, all those kind of things are going to require the phone call consult. So it depends on what you're selling, obviously, but what, what we've done a lot in like informational things is sort you know, sort of like if you're doing, financial services or health insurance or those kind of things, you're obviously going to want to push for that phone call because you have to get feedback from them to present the offer. So you can do things like providing reports or, or valuable info and then kind of getting them on the call. One of the things we didn't really talk about that I think is probably like the most underutilized thing in that most companies don't, don't do. And that is just, beginning to split test things. So testing, should we go straight for a consult call or should we have them download a report and go back to those who to download the report and invite them to the phone call? Sometimes we get so caught up in numbers of like quantity that we miss the quality, right? So you could say, 
you know, let's say you, you do a direct book phone call and you book, you know, 50 phone calls, but only one person is qualified. Whereas if you have them download a report, read it, and then book a call, maybe only 10 people sign up, but four of them are qualified and will buy, right? So it, you've got to, over time, be able to test things out and kind of keep track of that. And a lot of companies don't, and, and I can understand why it's, 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 it's hard, but there are tools, like there's a free tool called Google Optimize, and it actually helps you do all that. So you can test different uh, copy, different colors, different buttons, different offers, different forms. And they make it about as easy as it can be, but you probably would need some help from a technical standpoint on that. But, but I think the results of that are, are, are huge because you just, what you start to see is you start to see a compounding effort upwards. So you're always testing two things and then one will win. And then you can try to beat it and it's kind of fun too actually because then you're always trying that's, to that's a pretty you know that that's listen you know that that's a pretty fascinating uh science um and, and i think what you're saying that you know that you can't just look at the numbers you got to look at the uh the quality of the of the numbers and i think a lot of people you know we live in a society where everything is follow the science follows the data follow the data yeah. you know yeah. and and i i tend to find that very frequently those things are very manipulative it's very manipulative to say follow the science because number one, the science is a moving target. It's changing every day. And that's not the scientist's fault. I mean, it's literally yeah. changing every day. And yeah. so and science uh, is not a, a noun either. It's a process. Exactly. It, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a moving target. It's going all yeah. the time in a different way. And the same thing with surveys, you know, well, we surveyed people, you know, there's some things uh, you know, Henry Ford famously said, if he asked customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it just seems to me that, you know, more visionary people, uh, you know, are not necessarily going to give uh, customers what they uh, what they dream of because they dream small. And there are certain entrepreneurial people or certain uh, you know, company leaders that are thinking bigger and differently. And uh, it's their job to steer people to their ideas. And so I, I, you know, listen, your, your concepts here make a lot of sense And it. You know, we, we got the inside track on this for sure. And the inside track, the best, smartest and fastest way to make things happen, you know, be simple, be direct, you know, make sure you're asking for the, uh, the order, make sure you're uh, giving them something they can say yes to make sure that the uh, headline is grabbing their attention. I mean, I mean, some of these things, again, common sense, which isn't common practice, um, but some of these things really, if they, if they get back to basics, uh, you know, I think companies could do better. Yeah, for sure. They could for sure. And, um, yeah, I, I think again, it, it is, it's, it's about doing a lot of small things, right? Like if you ever think about it, what is every, every great coach you've ever seen when you get behind the scenes, it's always, they drill the, you know, the common stuff, right? It's always, they never have some magical thing. It's always like we do this every day we tackle or we swing or we pitch right it's just doing it again and again and again and it's like doing those basic things i remember who was the old basketball coach um john wooden yeah john wooden i mean he had a process for how they put on their socks and it's you know and how they tied their shoes because he knew <laughs> their feet if their socks weren't on right they didn't fit right they would cause all these issues you know what i mean like and you would get him on a, a call like this these days and you ask him about how you'd be the best coach ever. And he would say, well, socks and shoes, you know, you would think what in the world, but it's the same concept, right? It's all about doing the simple things, doing them the right way 
and not not screwing those things up. You know, you'll you'll get you'll get way more. Uh, um, you'll you'll get farther doing uh, doing things good than you will from like not doing things bad. I guess that's, you know. You you want to gravitate? That's, you know that that's an interesting thing. And you know if you ever watch baseball players and they come up to the plate, you know, and they're they're doing their arms, and they're 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 moving their their wrist guard or whatever, you know, and they have this ritual and they do it the same way every single time, and it kind of gets them in the groove. And yeah. I think companies, uh, you know, companies it's not so much a ritual; it ends up being more of a rut. And and maybe they need to reexamine, you know, their their rut because it's if it's not working. And I and I guarantee if a baseball player is not hitting. Uh, whatever the ritual is, they uh, they reexamine it and they and they 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 tilt a little bit. So, uh, Mike, this has been uh, you know quite uh, quite fascinating, and I, and I really appreciate you sharing. Uh, you are uh, quite an amazing and, and interesting person, and thank you for sharing the inside track on how to you know create copy and uh, promotional materials for uh, for our uh, audience. So, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm uh, very glad to be here. And if people want to find me, you can check me out at uh, copywriterbrain.com. You can find me there. And we'll, and we'll put all your info in the show notes. So thank you very much for sharing with us. Okay. Thanks. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joel Block. For more insights and to learn more, visit joelblock.com. How about a shout out and a huge thanks to our podcast show producer, David Wolf, and the team at Audavita Studios. Profit from the inside wouldn't be possible without these wonderful professionals. To learn more or to find out how you can launch and produce your own podcast show, reach out to www.audavita.com. That's A-U-D-I-V-I-T-A.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.